It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Liverpool secured safe passage through to round four of the FA Cup yesterday with a 2-0 victory over Arsenal. And just as we've started recording here, the FA Cup fourth round draw has just been made. So we're going to start with that. And we've been drawn at home against Norwich or Bristol Rovers. There's some some great ties been done there. Um, we've I think we've kind of got away with it a little bit there. You know, Chelsea Villa got drawn as a tie, um, Tottenham, Man City, another tie, so big teams are getting drawn early against each other, like we did in the third round, um, but Norwich or Bristol Rovers, I'm happy with that, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, that's, do you know what, you've got to, you've got to beat who's in front of you, and it's always nice to get a bit of a weaker team, but it's the magic of the cup, anything goes, so yeah, I'm glad that a few favourites are going to be going out already, and one of them has just gone yesterday, so Happy days. They have. One of them has just gone yesterday, so let's let's jump right into it. Um, going to the Emirates, never, never easy. We haven't got the greatest record there, although I know in recent years it has been a bit more improved. Um, Five wins out of six. Yeah, which is mad, isn't it? Because we yeah. didn't. We only won two in our first. I think it was like 17 visits there, <laughs> um, which is fucking crazy, but it's just a testament yeah. to it's always at our place to go. We never go there and take the piss, but we, we sort of do what we've done yesterday. We bide our time. But, mm. yeah, our record there isn't too bad at all. And no. I said to you on the last podcast, it was all about uh, getting in their heads for the league title for me. I want to win the FA Cup, but it was all about showing them who's boss on their own grounds. And I think in the end, we've managed to do that. Yeah, well, let, let's go back through it because I think there's there's a lot to unpack from the game. You know, first half, Arsenal were all over us. Um, it looked it looked like we were going to concede quite, you know, a good few in that first half. I think Alan Shearer said it on, in the game after 15 minutes, Arsenal could have been three or four up. In fairness, um, they just went. I think they just started. Their shape was just not the shape in in particular, but the just the lineup in general, like. Putting Kai Havertz up front when he's been playing well in midfield for them was just a weird decision. Um, not starting Martinelli, who we'll, we'll come on to um, in a little bit, but not starting him seemed a weird one. Um, you know, Ramsdale getting the start was probably to be expected. Um, but every time Havertz got the ball, and I've, Arsenal seemed to this season, going back to that thing you used to associate with them when you had Arsene Wenger, was always wanting to play one, two, three, four passes too many. Yeah. Um, wanting to walk it into the net like City do. 
and they haven't got the players that City have to be able to do that. And it showed yesterday they were trying to pass and pass, and then Kai Havertz to get the ball should be it in the first time, and he take another touch and stuff like that. And it's every decent opportunity they had, they gave us the opportunity to actually defend it. Yeah, to be honest, I think like got to give credit to Arsenal. I think they played exactly how you'd want your team to play at home in, in the opening minutes of a of a big game like that. As I say, it was a it was a momentum builder for whoever started the best, whoever whoever went on to win the game. And I think they were desperate to to show their fans what they're capable of. And don't get me wrong, they did more at times. They played some brilliant, slick, fancy football. And as you say, they were just a delayed reaction in front of goal, loads of times, which. Thank to our benefit, like we're thankful for, but they're lacking a striker. If they had a Haaland or a or a Jota, mate, they they they've got that game over in the first half. And I don't even think it's because of much we done wrong. I think they were just brilliant. I think they mm. just started fresh and keen and hungry to to make a statement. And at that time, we couldn't live with them going forward. But they they just not great in front of goal. You know, I think. I think it got over-analysed how, how many goal-scoring opportunities he actually created. I counted four in total all game. That, that, you'd say, should have probably been a goal. There was a few half chances as well. But, yeah, I, I think they had three in the first half um, that you, you would say, really, they should be scoring. But that was it. We ended up having one half. So I, I had it down as three. If it was a boxing match, it was three-one at half-time. Yeah. It's the bar. That's a goal. But we played, we played like the away team, which we don't do often. We go to everyone's home ground and we try and take control of possession and dictate the play. And we never, we let them do it um, for, for too long for my liking. We let them completely control the game. But I think, as I said to you before, if we got into that half time at nil nil, we were always in with a shelter winning the game. I could, I could only see one winner at half time. Yeah, I, I said it. Um, like, I think the first half was over, sort of, not analysed, but I think it was just blown a bit out of proportion. I don't think Arsenal, contrary to what you were saying, I don't think Arsenal were as good as it was made out. I think, you know, you had that first chance very early on when Ramsdale's passed it up. That's just a hoof up the pitch. It was a great pass, don't get me wrong, but that's just a hit up the pitch and Nelson's got on the end of it and should have squared it, should have scored there. The other main... To be honest, I think as a proper, I think if if Jesus was playing there or the team in, involved, I think that's thinking the keeper. You win on one. Yeah, absolutely, a absolutely. It just fell to the wrong that. wrong player in that situation. But the other major chance that they had in that first half was from Gomez getting the ball nicked off him, which was his only minor blemish on his performance. By the way, which again we'll come to in a, in a little bit. But you know that other chance again, they've cut it back to the wrong player. Kanate's coming with a fucking exceptional block um, then you've hit the bar and then Trent blocked it so that's three shots in, in 10 seconds there you know what I mean everything else besides that was was half chances from outside the box or just straight down Alisson's throat it's like Alisson had to make one save you'd say was partly difficult in that first half and that was the Ben White shot um, other than that I don't think Alisson was was tested that, that much No I agree so I think with the Gomez one um Correct me if I'm wrong, he gets back and actually makes a tackle at the end as well, which gives them the opportunity to shoot. Yeah, you might, you might be right. I can't um, remember it but, completely. Like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Gomez was brilliant again, as he has been. But yeah, I think they, they had a number of chances, but 
Like it was made out like he, he had nine or ten one on ones where he should be passing the ball into the net, and it wasn't the case. They had a few uh, block shots and even like the third attempt off that attack where it goes to Havertz and it gets blocked. That's not a goal scoring opportunity. That's a, a potential chance. It's not a, a nailed on goal. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There was a few that way. You're saying it's a nailed on goal, but again, we we rode the storm and we got away with it. But again, credit to us, we we knew it. We weren't at the races. We weren't playing well enough. We weren't de- defending well enough to let that continue. And then we made the changes. But say even that just before our time, we go go down at the crossbar ourselves. Hmm. We we just. It, it happens loads where we we have all the ball, we have all the possession, we have all the attacks, but we don't really create all that much. Miss a few. And then the opposition looks well more dangerous on the counter-attack. And that's what I felt we were like yesterday. But like when we did go at them, we looked well more like scoring than they did. So going in at nil-nil, and then obviously just before that, we hit the crossbar, thinking we've got, got it in our locker here today and pull something off the bag. Yeah. Yeah, no, as I say, I mean, I said at half-time, we get these on the counter quite quite easily, um, and you know we it took us till the ninety fourth minute to get them on the counter. But I just thought I knew the game was there for to take them. But I think you know it, it was an Arsenal team the shorter confidence at the minute. I I think it was sixty one shots in the last three games and scored once. Um, Gabriel Jesus isn't going to win your league title. Kai Havertz isn't going to win your league title. The the signing good players, but they're not the players that they need. I don't think. Um, and Arteta isn't a good enough manager to make them into winners of league titles. Gabriel Jesus, yeah, people will go, oh, he's, he's won a number of league titles at Man City, but he was never the main man. He was never the person solely responsible, essentially, for fucking scoring the goals to be to make them league champions. He was always coming on and, and playing a, a bit part. He was never the main man there. So I, I still don't think he's I don't think he's good enough. Um, you know, I like him. I yeah. like him, don't get me wrong, I think he's a very good player. But, but I agree. I think when you're like just the odd exception when it happens, but when you you've got a champions a team like Man City, championship winning side, and you know, teams like Man like Chelsea who've gone on to win European Cups and FA Cups and League titles, when they're getting rid of their players to oppositions in the same league who are challenging the same stuff, you've got to question it. Hmm. Like if we went after one of Man City's key players, this just telling us to fuck off. Likewise with us. Oh um, yeah, exactly. When you actually yeah, you can go and have them. It's a it's a hmm. big eye opener, isn't it? Yeah, and to be honest, I, I think even if it, you know, say when Arsenal bought Jesus and we'd have gone in for them at the same time, I think they would have just gone to us absolutely not because we're we a bigger were. we're a bigger we we still are a bigger rival to City than than what Arsenal are. Even you know. But forget I, I last just, season, but well, like Arteta hasn't got the capabilities to bring out the every ounce of talent in a player. Whereas Jurgen Klopp might send Jesus and that to the, the next level. Yeah, exactly. I think he's got the potential to be like a Jota, fox in the box. You know, you want him on the ball in the in the last minute of a fucking big game because you think it's it's finding a net, but he just doesn't seem to be doing it for them, which is great. <laughs> no, it's it's weird. It's almost like the sort of playing with. With no strike at the times, it's it's you've got a number of players who like to come into midfield and and you know be the person who unlocks the defense kind of thing. And it's then it's all well and good having them players to unlock the defense, but there's no one the other side of the, the fucking the door. If you like, you know what I mean? Go back um, and unlock it again, and then they go back and yeah. unlock it. 
But now, like you said, if they had a Jota or a, a Haaland or just anybody, and we mentioned them on the last podcast, and Ivan Tony, that game would have been over yesterday. So you've got to credit Arsenal for the way they did attack in that first half. You've got to credit us for our defensive work because as a defence, I think first half, some of the passing was a little bit wayward, uh, mainly from Quanta. But again, outside of that, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he was absolutely exceptional again. I think the whole defence was brilliant yesterday. Um, the, the changes that Klopp made in the second half, um, we will come on to some individual players in a minute as well, by the way. But um, yeah, the changes he made, the timing he made them, obviously uh, McAllister seemed to be a sort of a pre, pre-made change, if you like. He was getting an hour bring Gravenberg on, who was I thought was brilliant when he came on. I thought he changed the game, gave us a bit more stability in the midfield, which he hasn't done in recent weeks, I don't think. People have been losing the patience with him, which is fucking baffling to me. He's been here three months, give the lad a chance. Um, but certain people were starting to say, oh, he's lazy, he doesn't do this. And he has got a lazy sort of demeanour about him, I do understand that. But you see, yesterday, he was sacking back, he was winning the ball, he was setting off attacks. I thought he was brilliant when he came on. I don't think there's a chance there's a player that can be lazy and play for Jürgen Klopp. He won't have it. No. I think whatever, we've said it with Trent loads of times where he looks arrogant and lethargic. It's it's systematic. It's it's what he's told to do. He's told not to overexert himself, getting back because he's, he's so much more dangerous going forward. Um, like he looked into that yesterday about how poor Trent was defensively but how good he was offensively. He, he's out of position because of what he can do going forward and fucking... The, the positives now outweigh the negatives. Yeah. I mean, we saw in the end of last season and like the beginning of the season, the negatives outweighed the positives. We didn't look good enough going forward and creating enough chances. Now he's, the, I, he's in the bracket of the best midfielder in the world <laughs> uh, from my back, which is outrageous. He's yeah. unbelievable passing the ball. Love watching him play. Um, <clears throat> but as, as you say, the defence defended as a unit, they committed blocking shots like Canate was like a man possessed Trent made a number of blocks Quanta the same um, McAllister I loved that he sort of played the end all role he played the villain he was being physical he was being aggressive he was bringing you down and then Gravenberg comes on and he's done what you want he, he bombs forward he creates space he draws defenders out and he makes shit happen and yeah, I think he's he's one of them players that he might look better in a game when you've you're starting to take control of it. You're starting to mm. in, to bed into the game rather than coming on when you're struggling. Because that's what's happened the last few times. He's come on to like be a match winner in a game we're not creating football. Yesterday he came on in a team that was starting to settle itself, starting to look better, starting to look like the team that was going to score, and he added to that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think all round couldn't fault a single player. Thought yeah. he was superb, and as you said before about Allison, he never really had a lot to do, barring the um, the Ben White chance and then the nearly the fluke cross. Yeah, that nearly caught him out. That was it, and he dealt with that brilliantly. So mm. yeah, you can't. I, I just loved, and it's it's lovely going to away grounds and dictating the play and, and bullying teams and just battering and looking the better team for the first half. We didn't look the better team, but we knew the firepower we had on the bench and in the squad to to do them. Yeah, and like Klopp was so patient. He's gone in. He's had a word said. It's probably not good enough. And then 
we've clicked into gear and gone through the gone through the gears to eventually get the win that we in the end deserved. Mm. Yeah, and you know you mentioned Klopp and just as game management yesterday was was superb, and I think you know when they brought Martinelli on, you could see Trent was. Not struggling a bit, but he just he, he had the better of Trent a couple of times. Didn't create anything from it, but he got past him quite easily a couple of times. Klopp seen that and gone right. Trent get him in field. Connor Bradley come on, and then he didn't have a, he didn't stand a chance against Connor Bradley, who was absolutely brilliant when he come on. Um, like what a he's shown why he Klopp's been waiting for him to come back into the squad for the whole season while he's been injured and you know why he was so highly thought of at Bolton last season and stuff like that. I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. And Bobby Clark as well, but Bradley in particular is his defensive awareness just when the ball was in a dangerous position. Um is tracking back just everything about him. It just looked brilliant. Yeah, it looked easy as well. He didn't look out of place. No. Which was based like there was one a ball over the top and there's someone running back post and he just makes it. Heads it out for a corner. Brilliant, brilliant commitment to the um, fighting for the cause, really. But what I love when Trent goes into that midfield role, he defends more. He helps yeah. the right back more than the right midfielder helps him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So whoever's playing right back when Trent's in centre mid has got cover as well. He, he gets back and covers, but he is fixated on getting forward. He really is. People breeze past him. It's like he daydreams. He dreams about what he's going to do if, if he's got the ball, but I'm not even going to fucking knock it whatsoever because he's unbelievable. Mm. But when you've got, you've got, I think it's got to be only a matter of time before he ends up in the midfield. Yeah, you, you've got to think it, so, haven't you? It's so good. But now we've got that that option there, obviously, with Gomez leading to play left back. You've got the option as with how well Bradley played, you've got the option there now of starting him and, and letting him play in midfield. Just having that extra body to be able to play in midfield during this time when, you know, Sabozlai's got a little bit of a knock um, and those at the Asian Cup. Uh, Thiago's still out, but Pachetta's just still out. Just having that extra body there at the minute could be could be wonderful and Bradley gives you that chance now, I think. Yeah, it's nice as well because, like, as like we know our fan base, they moan about signings. It's January, they probably want to write back in and cover and left backs in and stuff. But I love that clock just just believes in these kids. Mm. And it's like there's like a smugness about him when this kid plays well. It's like a fucking soldier, just bear with it, just chill, chill yeah. your fucking team. Don't need to go and spend 30 million on the right back because we've got a kid here yeah. who's still a fucking kid, still growing, and he's gonna pull performances off like that. Mm. Like, it's, no, a it's, it's a it's, situation for us to have this academy and these players that come in because, mm. like, I know there's loads of fans, and I think it's more so your out of town fans who sit watching LFC TV and they, they watch all the academy stuff and the under 21s and all that, and they know these kids coming in. I don't, I don't watch any of it. When once they make it to the first team and take an interest in them, I haven't got enough time in my day to be watching them from the fucking. <laughs> and under 17s and that but a lot of people do and there's like there's a few names ringing around already again of um, other lads who were all set to come through mm. strikers who were all set to come through meant to have the new Harry Kane in, the, in our rankings I've, I've seen him we've got scoring. some we've got some absolutely fucking brilliant so, players in, in the youth teams that. But that, that's what what I love about Klopp like he's just he, he doesn't rush anyone in through desperation either he, he waits for them. If they've got an injury, it's not like, oh, come Like, look, Curtis Jones would be well gone just because of his injury record. 
you know, if that's another big team that like you can't rely on you, just come on, you're gonna have to go down the league or something. But he hasn't, he's he paid with him, he's stuck with him. And we're going we're starting to see the best out of all these young lads coming through. And it's I was looking at the, the squad the other day and the, the ages of them. Like McAllister's an old man. I think he's about twenty five. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like, the talent we've got. What Curtis Jones, twenty two. Twenty two, yeah. Harvey like, Elliott, twenty. Fucking bizarre lad. Grabenberg, twenty one, twenty two. Nunes, mm. twenty two, twenty three. It's fucking outrageous. The yeah. the quality we've got, the age they've got. Some of them are still growing. And you know, it, it is it's exciting. I just I've said before, there's not a chance Klopp walks away from this team. No, I don't think so. But it's just <laughs> mad, isn't it? You know, like you said, there's there's fans out there who I seen fans moaning before the window opened about us not being linked with anybody and not signing anyone. It's like let let the window open. But at the same time, it's like you know, we were linked with we were linked with centre backs and that in the summer, and then we never bought one. And Klopp's just like, well, we've got Jarrell Quanta there. And the majority exactly. of people are probably going, like, who the fuck's Jarrell Quanta? And then he plays and Klopp just goes, that's who Jarrell Quanta is. Um, well, I said to you, didn't I? That there was this night at the Shankly Hotel where you and Klopp was. I went. Why did they give you the opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was so smug and he was just like, believe us. And like, we all thought he meant big signing coming in, but he obviously never. He knows what's there. He's, he's seen the kids. And if if... If we can bring kids through that are going to save us, it's not our money, we're not asked what the club spends, but if as a business and a sustain, sustainable business, a sustainable football club that can look after itself long after these owners and, and this manager's gone, then if we can be bringing kids through of this quality all the time, it's a, it's a fucking dream situation, lad. Mm. Why, why should we always go to like Southampton and Brighton and that and grab their academy players? Go and get our own and we're starting to do that. Mm. And, well, some I of mean, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, Brexit, I mean, it's probably the one positive thing Brexit is is has done, in all honesty, is is we've had to start looking closer to home for, for talent. So we are starting to sign academy players from other academies. You know, you've got that he was on the bench yesterday, Trainioni brought him in this summer from Leicester. I think he scored in practically every single youth game he's played for us so far. Um he's he's brilliant. But like Do you believe like, father? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> um, but now just like other ones we've got like there's so many, you know, there's a lot of ex players who were letting who want their their kids joining our academies. Now you've got Neil Dan's son Jaden in the Academy striker who's scoring for fun. You've got Gibral Cisse's kids are in the academy, Phil Jagiel his kid is is in the academy, um another ex Everton player, Lucas Neal, his kids in the academy. Um I think the only one who who's got kids in the other academies and you at the minute uh, at cities but that's what it is you know you've got these you've got these ex-players looking at what we're doing with our academy seeing the chances that these players are getting when they're getting to the to the right age and the right stage of the development and they're getting a chance in the first team you know Bobby Clark is another one obviously Lee, Clark, Lee Clark's son um, yeah. and again he come on yesterday and he made a difference but you know what I liked about yesterday as well was um, towards the end, the little snide files, the little yeah, snide files, you know that are going to get you the yellow card. The amount of times I've shouted like this season as well, fucking bring them down, and we don't, we stand out the way, and we mm. let them go past us. There was none of that yesterday. There was fucking about. There was a five minute spell where there was just an Arsenal player on the floor somewhere, and one of ours walking away. The referee card. I, was, it, I loved it. Absolutely loved it because that's what we need to do. That's. Shit, how's he like that? Even Alan Shearer said, 
you know, you don't want to say it, but you've got to do that. That's what yeah, you've yeah. got to do to win this game. You've got to bring them down. And even the young lads were on it. We just mm-hmm. had to do it. But um, yeah, that we need to, we can add that to our game as well. It's not nasty. It's not fucking malicious. It's, it's shit yeah, out. It, it's winning the game. It's, yeah. it's stopping you. There was one there where it was going to be like three on to two. I don't know whether it was Clark who brought him down. My, he, a, did, he did get a gallop for one like so. There was a fucking break on and he just scooped him to that. Get off. <laughs> See you later. No, but it is. We don't do it. We're not that type of team normally. And yesterday we've just gone, nope, we're doing it. We're winning this game no matter what. Um, I've seen reactions from Arsenal fan TV. I don't know if you've seen it. Saying that the uh, word that one said Kanate is horrendous. Where you get that from, I don't know. Um, you know, the only elite defender on the pitch yesterday who was French wasn't called William. Um, <laughs> put it that way. But no, they said... Um, Jürgen Klopp's bringing two interns on and they called uh, I don't and want to replay. And Obviously, we didn't want to replay because they fucking helped us win the game, you soft bastards. Um, <laughs> they've no, they've, they needed this, Arsenal. They needed this sort of, you know, to be fair, they've had the last three games now, but they've needed, they need this spell to bring them back down to earth a little bit. They've had one good season and think that, you know, they're back amongst the elite kind of thing and it's, it's like you know, <laughs> yeah. It's time to be amongst the elite. You've got to do it season in season out. Like the likes of us in Man City. Um, obviously we can't even compare what we've done to Man City because they've done it nearly every year. Yeah, for fucking ten years. So you know there is levels to the game. We're probably big. Man City are the top tier. We're the second. Arsenal are just heading into the third now. But um, don't get me wrong. I, th- I think I, s- I said myself, we're a striker. There is dangerous as Man City going forward, but defensively they're nowhere near as good, and they don't they don't create like Man City. Mm. They haven't got the firepower of Man City across the board. They got, like Odegaard is really really good midfielder, but he's not a De Bruyne. They yeah. haven't got like um, Saka. Like it's just Over to me, just Raheem Sterling. Just the exact same player as Raheem Sterling, just fast as fuck and gets into little yeah. positions where you can tap it in. Doesn't really do anything. Doesn't yeah. cause any danger. Does the odd step over? Ball took off him. Seen not seen not on an him. Um, not really. You know, mm. he's not a Phil Foden. <laughs> Phil Foden's fucking magnificent all across the park. I know you're not the areas. But um it's like Saka's Saka's not involved in the game nearly half as much as players like Foden and that. So yeah, they've got a long way to go before their clusters and like up there, they're a really good team, but they've got improvements to make. And I think mm. if they don't make them this season, they might end up as good as he's been. He might look for a new manager because yeah. he can't seem to be able to take them players like Saka to the next level. They're just still stagnant where they are. So, mm. <laughs> no, you know what? I was I was on another podcast yesterday, um, and I, I'll sort of promote that a little bit at the end but I was on another podcast yesterday and I was saying to um, it was run, run by a Tottenham fan and an Arsenal fan so I was saying to the Arsenal fan I feel like Arsenal were a better team overall last season I think Declan Rice I don't he's been good for them obviously but I don't think he's had the effect that they were expecting him to I don't think he's been as good as what the media make him out to be for them um, he's English. He's English. He's gonna be walk on walls. I'm not going wrong. I do yeah. think he's very good, but he, he genuinely hasn't been the level that you know it's been expected. And you look at the way West Ham have gone 
about replacing them. You know, they brought in three very, very good players with the Declan Rice money and look at them, they're flying. I think I think Arsenal have... Honestly, it's going to sound weird. I don't think you've replaced Saka. Um, Xhaka, sorry, not Saka. Um, not in terms of necessarily ability and all that, but, you know, he was there for a long time. He was the former captain. He worked his way back up to be vice-captain. He was crucial for them last season. And I don't know if they've lost, like, a little bit of that team harmony kind of thing with him going and not really replacing him. Um, no, I think bringing in someone who's sort of a lifelong fan of another London club must be must be a bit weird to replace that kind of passion and stuff. Like, I wouldn't expect a boyhood Evertonian to come into our team now and have the same passion that Curtis Jones would, you know what I mean? Even if he hasn't been associated with Everton for 10, 15 years, it just wouldn't happen. Um, Carragher. <laughs> no, but I'm saying now, today, if you, if, would Ross Barkley come in and have, if, and I mean, he's not as good as Curtis Jones, obviously, but would Ross Barkley come into that team if he was good enough to be in that team and have the same passion about playing for Liverpool as Curtis Jones does? I don't think, no, I agree. I don't think any modern Evertonian because they've grown up pure Everton haters because we were good. They hate us because we just, we just take the piss out of them now. They just despise <laughs> us. So there's a, there's a bit in this there. But yeah, I agree with Declan Rice. I think he, he's been really good. I think he's been spot on. But he hinders them a little bit as well. He's too defensive minded. I think he, he stops them playing how they would usually play. Like Zaka would would get on the ball a bit more, like nowhere near the same level, but more like a Thiago. He'd have a little look to try and create something. He'd offer himself a bit more. I don't think Declan Rice does. I think he's fixated on defending and that's stopping them a little bit. But I say talking about yesterday, they did play well. They, they cut us open in the in the first half, but not as much as some made out. I think overall, as I said before, we've ca- I've counted the, the goal scoring opportunities and on a, on another night it could end six four to Liverpool. It's yeah. just one of them games where they had a really good start to the the game. They had a good half and then we fucking picked up a bit. We we got involved and they couldn't really handle us when we did. They were mm. making mistakes, they were panicking, they were making rash decisions and then we took complete control of the game. So I know Arteta come out and said only one team wanted to win. Only one team did win. Like one team wanting to win and creating chances and not scoring. It's like, you know, we we box clever. We They're acting like yeah, he's acting like we played like United did at Anfield the other week. No, we and it wasn't the case. I think for the first half an hour, we couldn't really deal with them. We did, we weren't expecting them to come out the blocks like they did. I think it caught us a bit by surprise. And I think as the set, the, the, the half went on, we started finding our feet a little bit. So for 15 minutes before the half, I thought we were probably going into the game. But again, we've gone in at half time and gone, that's not enough. You know, there's only so long you can keep them out if we keep playing like this. So let's change it around. Let's change a few things and let's go for them a bit more than we did. And, yeah. and they were on the back foot. It only looked like one team was going to score. Mm. But you know what, lad? Like you say about Arthur today, he's got no humility. Um, and I've noticed that about him. It's, you know, this is a Don't forget, he played for Everton been a, exactly. and was City's assistant manager for a good four or five years when Guardiola come in. So he's got lots of reasons to dislike Liverpool, but he's just got no humility at all. If his team lose, it's never their fault. It's never because they were they weren't good enough, sort of not to go against them. Um, 
is just he tries to hard to be Pep Guardiola, and you're not at Pep Guardiola's level. Like we all say, what we you know we we'll all talk about Pep and how we can only manage with a checkbook and and things like that. But his track record speaks for itself. At the same time, Pep Guardiola is is one of the best managers we've ever seen. You can't deny that. And Arteta's trying to hard to be Pep Pep light, and he's just not good enough. <laughs> Simple as, you're nowhere near his level. I agree. So I just think it was a stupid thing to say. In a game, you, you've lost 2-0. You know, again, when you look at the shots, you think it ends up 18 to 12, 13. Mm. Um, there's a couple of shots in it. In it. I think they've had two more shots. On, on target, tra- yeah. Um, so in a game, you're saying only one team went to win. It's not fucking, it's not great, is it? If the no. stats were like 36 shots, 30 on target, to our, our two, fair enough. But then I'd still say, who's the better team? Who's box clever? Who's who's created absolutely fuck all and one two nil? So you know, again, I thought the management, the way the way we went about it, the way we done things, the way the team like responded to the changes as well. Like sometimes it's hard making a number of changes because it doesn't quite. You lose all that momentum in the game. Everything you've built up sort of drains because you've you've changed personnel. Never happened yesterday. We just grew and grew into the game, and as I say, it looked like it was a matter of time before we scored. Hmm. We had chances. You know, they've had we've at the bar. They've at the bar. We their keepers made saves. Um, I think it was at Louis Diaz who near put one in the bottom corner. Yeah, not long before we scored yeah. on it. Um, yeah, we fucking we had chances. We created chances. We've Say so Trent's at the bar, we Jota's at the bar. Yeah, but Diaz's attempt, Nunez's attempt wasn't too far away. No, it was good effort that. Um, so yeah, I think. What was the other goal? What was the other the other attack we had that I thought we should have scored? We really should have scored it. it. Was the one where Nunez has passed it to Diaz and it's been a bit behind him, or a bit yeah, a bit behind him. We've had like two on one, and he's passed it across. I think it's gone through an Arsenal player's leg, but Diaz hasn't. As I don't know if the run's been a bit badly timed or the pass has been a bit badly timed, and it's ended up behind Diaz. Okay. I watched it yesterday, and I was thinking that because I watched Max today as well, so I could talk about it, and I forgot. But <laughs> yeah, it was. I I counted three one half time, six four to the pure full time. Yeah. If, if you count all the goals that realistically should have been goals, not half chances, not. Not block shots, none of that shit. Go ones you think you should be scoring there. Um, there, other one was the header. The header that just went past the post. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then the one that went back post to Saka, and he's put it over. Mm. They're, they're real clear cut chances. Um, again, talk about the goals, Trent's delivery, fucking out of this world. I thought Diaz got it on it. Um, yeah, I did. As soon as the ball left Arnold's foot, you just had a feeling. You knew it was going in. The net was going to go. Yeah. And like, it was fucking brilliant. And then that counter-attack for Diaz is just... Typical Liverpool. I thought Jota missed it. The pass wasn't very good, was it? Oh, lad. (laughs) But it was perfect. He could have hit it first time if he wanted. It was that perfect. But it went... In real time, it looked too slow. It looked yeah. like it was never going to get him. But, uh, what a finish, though. Yeah, what a fucking goal. That reminded, was, me of, um, reminded me of Manny's against City a few years ago when we beat them 4-3. Um, just, it's, the sh- it's, the, it's the only shot I think the keeper wouldn't have been expecting. 
you know, with his weak foot near post top corner, like he okay. couldn't have placed it any better. It was a fantastic finish, but um, yeah, look, it's just you can say they look at Michael Arteta, Arsenal fans can say they were the better team all they want. The record books aren't going to go 2 0 Liverpool, but Arsenal were the better team. All it's going to say is 2 0 Liverpool, where to the yard out, fuck off. Um, oh, but again, like I don't think I, I think the, you'd have to be, be being really biased if you if you watch that match, you watch the first half, you go, right, that's a brilliant half by Arsenal, but Liverpool still could have scored. Hmm. And then you watch the second half and you go, Liverpool, the better team in the second half, but Arsenal still could have scored. It was one of them games. As I say, when you look at clear-cut opportunities, clear-cut chances and goals scored, Liverpool had the better chances and in spells played better football. So, you know, if, if that happened to us, if they'd just been cleaning up half-time, as I said, fair play to them. We didn't do much wrong. They were just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Second half, they should say the same because that was how it was. We we bopped clever. We were brilliant. Our, mm. our plan worked and it's all good going out and blasting teams away and battering them, but then getting beat 1-0. Doesn't work, so no. I'm quite because you know if we'd have won one nil, and and we played that way, we're we never really under all that much threat when you when you consider the chances. I'm happy with that. We have no. always had a chance to score, and that's it. We've 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 won two nil, and when you put it all all together, watch the highlights. We deserve to win. Yeah, definitely. Um, just before we move on to talking about the semi-final, um, last thing to touch on with that game is I thought it VAR was was there for the game. We had VAR, didn't feel like we did. I thought the game flowed really well. Um, me only sort of minor discrepancy for the referee is just that um, there was a you know there was a few couple yeah a few out a few yellow cards Arsenal should have got that they didn't. But other than that, I don't think he had a bad game at all. Um, which is nice to be able to say for once, in all honesty. Um, I'm sick of coming on here and, and moaning about the referee, so I just wanted to sort of point that out and, and just, I thought the game flowed nicely. <laughs> yeah. The proper cup tie, from, from the, the off, it felt like a cup tie, and cup ties are often refereed a bit better. It just seems like, for whatever reason, the FA Cup becomes proper football again. Yeah. Certain things get let go, and bookings aren't as, aren't as often. And is fucking inconsistent as well, where one player can get away with something on another camp. But yeah, he, he, he went fantastic, but he let the game flow. I'd rather the referee not give a card when it should be a card and let the game flow. I enjoy, I properly enjoyed it. And yeah, fucking, it's just nice that you weren't robbed for once. Yeah. But, I mean, even like, even I mentioned about VAR, even like with the goals, there was no, there was no doubt that you were goals obviously I think they were obviously not offside or anything like that but it's just like in Premier League games now even if you can tell a goal's not offside I find myself not celebrating and waiting to see if it's if VAR are going to allow it and I found myself not doing that yesterday I feel like they didn't actually say goal confirmed or anything like that because mm. you do like no matter what you could score a 30 yarder and it'll come up goal confirmed yeah yeah and it wasn't needed I felt like that wasn't there yesterday so the goal was the goal. It, yeah, it didn't feel mm. like the yeah, AR was there. There was no. I don't know if it's if it's like because it's the Premier League. The the people in charge of that are saying we want it used in a certain way. But then because it's purely the FA with the FA Cup, they're going we want it used a certain way. Um, and then obviously EFL just don't have it at all. Which brings me on to sort of it 
the, the semi-finals, both of them won't have VAR because Middlesbrough are still in it. They are apparently the 30,000 seat in Riverside Stadium hasn't got the capabilities to house VAR. What? But Bournemouth's 10,000 seater stadium has, and Luton's, that was a championship ground last season, and had to be renovated in order to allow Premier League football at it. That has VAR capabilities. Either give it to everyone or don't have it at all. Like, just it's pointless in, in situations like this. I don't know how you can say a 30,000 seater stadium can't have VAR. It's bonkers. If you can televise them, and who the says bonkers? Yeah, yeah. Someone. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not even asked. I, th- I thought, as I said yesterday, I thought they, they never push VAR in your face. Hmm. Fouls, possible bookings, um, goals. It wasn't a case of, oh, we're checking for hmm. the goal. Is it a goal? Let's all stop and panic. Goal confirmed. It was none of that. It was just, it's a fucking goal unless we get sold otherwise. That's how it should be. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't cross our minds that the goal's not given unless it goes and gone. It's going to be the artist. Hmm. That's how it started off. That's when it was better. Um, but yeah, if Middlesbrough can have tele- televised games, they should be allowed to get cameras in to, to do it's their... mad. It's not that m- me, like I prefer no. it, it yeah, me too. But just yeah, yeah, strange, it had that, um, you know, you're anticipating the team we're going to put out because it's so early on in the competition and we've got a fucking league title to, to go after. So you're thinking, do we, do we go all out? Uh, it felt like a it felt like a cup game or it felt like a massive cup game. It felt like mm. a, almost like a semi final. Yeah, so, bigger than the third game. round, didn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. But that's what happens when you play the big teams, lad. And again, if we uh, we end up struggling against Norwich or Bristol Rovers and we score a late winner to, to, to fucking end the tie, basically, it's gonna go off regardless. Again, I thought the atmosphere, the Liverpool fans were fantastic yesterday in full flow. She went in the numbers was jealous yeah going down to that London <laughs> but uh, yeah. the allocations for the cup games are, are brilliant I was saying this before the game to me I felt yesterday like you know what would we have got for a Premier League game there three and a half four thousand tops like and we got seven possibly eight thousand there like the yeah. allocations for the cup games are so much better it's brilliant well well better but it, it enables it to feel again it feels like a big game you could hear our fans were non-stop again um, mm. Even in the first half when we were struggling, they, they stayed behind them. And it's just well better when it's like that. Mm. Fucking no bones out when that. Seeing Taggy's lads and his mates on the telly, they're in every game, lads. Young lads who just live in the moment. It's fucking boss. You can't beat seeing that. Yeah. And uh, to the to the lad who had us out robbed by Kanate, I hope you've got it back. Um... I'll get you the Scouse Republic one for nothing, lads. <laughs> I want to know what they had against them. Him and Nunes just fucking twatting. They're just whacking them, like, <laughs> fucking conviction coming their way. I know, yeah. Nunes um, just slapping them over Nunes, and over again. Yeah, and then Kanate <laughs> just went fucking hard joining and then robbed his ass. Fucking hell. Um, I'm glad that's not Kanate whacking me on. Oh, fucking. <laughs> <I'm in. laughs> Delete that, though. Yeah, boss. Um, but yeah, look, semi final on Wednesday. Um, Big game, first time in Fulham's history they've been in a League Cup semi-final, which is mad when you think about that they've been in uh they've been in a European final, <laughs> but never been in a League Cup semi-finals. Madness. But um look, they come to Anfield the other week, didn't they? Scored three passes, nearly won the game. Um so we, we can't take them lightly. It's gonna be a tough game. They're doing well. Um 
I think they've now finally got over losing Mitrovic. I think they started the season really slow, really poorly. But Jimenez is starting to get a run of games. He's starting to look a bit more like the old Jimenez before his, his head injury. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, again, I'm excited to see what team we put out. If Liverpool turn up, we win the game. I said to you about the, the last game in Anfield against them. It was never like it was never a four-three game. Mm. You know, we were well the better team, well in control of the game, played them off the park at times. But when they when they counterattacked us, they fucked us. Like they caught us so many times. They were brilliant on the break and we couldn't live with it. So we've just got to be cautious of that. We've got to uh, got to be a bit tighter, maybe sit a little bit deeper and not let that happen. Get on the ball, play our game, and I think we, we sailed through, but it's a bit of a mad one with it being two legs, isn't it? Yeah, I mean I'm not I it's always bit been a bit confusing to me that the two legs in the league cup, but um it is what it is. It's we've you know, we've got a bit of a break after this game on Wednesday now. I think we've got about a an eleven day break or something like that. Um, no doubt they'll be set getting off somewhere for a bit of warm weather training or something like that. Goodbye, won't it? Um, yeah, more than likely. But it's it's I think because of that it it makes the team a little more difficult to predict. I think because because we have got that break, I think he'll stick with Kelleher and like he has done for the entirety of the cup run. Um, but then you know I think are we gonna? I don't think Sobosla uh, is gonna be back. Is he? I think he's still out. He said two games for him at least. Um, but we might have Van Dijk back um, from his illness. I think Kanate's got to start. But, I mean, in fairness, you could even go Kanate and Quanter again. I think they both deserved it. Um, Gomez, you're probably looking at starting still. Um, I think he might actually go Connor Bradley right back where, after his cameo yesterday. I think he'll get a good a good chance there, to be honest with you. I think he might start him there and go and maybe try Trent him in field from the off. Um, yeah, I... it, it's... It, It'd be a bit, it's risky in a semi final, but I think if there's ever a time to let Trent let the fucking you know let him loose properly, why not do it in a semi final? <laughs> the thing with Trent is when he plays right back, he still doesn't play right back. No, it doesn't make a difference really, as far as I'm concerned. When he plays centre mid, he helps the right back. Yeah, put don't know what it is. It's like now he's got the reins to go forward. He enables himself to think about defending as well when he's playing right back. He only thinks about going forward. It's fucking mad, lad. It must be the system. But um, yeah, I'd agree with all that. It's a great thing. Bradley right back would be sound. Um, the only issue you've got is if it's not quite working, it's not ideal to put Stent back at right back because yeah. he's not a great defender. He's only thinking about going forward. Um, but it'd be nice if we could go and fucking, it would be nice if we could go and blow them away and then have a, have a strong bench at the away leg and play a few. A few of the fringe players, if you want, but yeah, yeah. I'd just I've, like I've to got... say, sorry to just jump in. I would like to just disagree with Trent not being a good defender. I think he doesn't want to defend, but he can defend, and I think there's a difference that needs to be highlighted with that. When because that's all the narrative always is: Trent can't defend. Trent can defend. Trent just doesn't want to defend. No, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a weakness. If you had, if you had to pick one weakness in Trent's game, it's defending ability. But when he He's brilliant at getting back and making last ditch tackles and blocks and stuff, but the way he lets players go past him and that, you know, it, um, he's done it in big games before, he's done it in cup games, done it in league games. There's always someone there to back him up. Don't get me wrong, he's a brilliant right back. 
he, he can defend, but I think if you if you're gonna put an actual defensive right back at right back and it not work out, you don't want to be putting an attacking right back there to, to cover, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if if I think I don't think he will play him in the midfield. I think you're gonna see Trent starting or like Bradley starting and Trent on the bench. That might be the the way we go. Uh, McAllister looked good yesterday. You can't can't take Curtis Jones out the team. Mm, <laughs> um, he appeared again yesterday. Again, he's he's. We said it on the the last podcast. He's a player that grows in confidence when we're doing well, when the fans are behind us, when the team are picking up the pace. He's he's heavily involved in it all. He grows into the game. That absolute abuse on Ben White uh, it was magic. How we never got booked for that, I don't know. And that was crazy. But mm. I, I need to ask a question. Go for it. What is Ben White? He's the nan off Benador. <laughs> Lad, what's wrong with him? Why are his eyelids white and he's like orange? It's fucking. What is he? He's, he's the nan off Benador. That's what the hat always says. He's, oh, he's, a, he's a strange looking individual like any. I mean, oh, I, I don't get me wrong, I, I'm not really in the position to talk about odd looking individuals, but he's definitely an odd looking individual. Like, hasn't none of his mates said, come on, lad, look at you. Like, your eyelids are bright white and the rest of you is like running. <laughs> you know what? Probably no, because like they're probably all the same. He's probably paying for all of them to get to look like him. But don't forget, his mates don't watch football, so they don't know how he how he looks. Probably he's not. He, he doesn't like football. Um, he's a football oh, that... player who, who didn't what he didn't watch football as a kid. Doesn't like football. Doesn't watch it now. He just happens to be. Does he like mirrors? <laughs> Has he got mirrors? Maybe not. Snap? I don't know. Um, he's, uh... yeah, he's a weird one. But yeah, I mean, Jones took absolute liberties with him, didn't he? Um, and Avi yeah. Elliott yesterday, um, not as him. Included as you'd like to see in a game like that, but I do, I do think they just run rings down in that first half. I think it was hard for him. Um, yeah, I think I think I'd like to see McAllister and Jones, and you know, in a dream world, a Thiago. That's the type of game you want to see a Thiago come back into the fold. But I don't know if he's even fully training yet. I think he is. I think I've seen something that he is actually back in full training now. So um, the one thing yeah, we just can't that, do with him, lad, you can't, you can't rush him now. Um, no, because there's no point. Maybe out for another six weeks. In a week or six or that's it. He'll come in for the. He'll come in for the last half an hour. Get a knock and be out for another three, four weeks. So just wheel um, him out. Trophy parade if we get one. Just something. Hmm. Let him dra- drive the bus. Nunes yesterday again when he went not very impact in the first half. Not really seen. Not caused any danger, and then went out left and was was a nightmare. So. Hmm. Again, I think we're starting to see that he's better on the left. I think did Diaz go over to the right yesterday for a bit? I think yeah, because I think Diaz when was... I think when he made the changes, he started it with, um, I think he put Jota on the on the right at first. Oddly, I think yeah, I think he kept Nunes left. Uh, sorry, Diaz left, Jota on the right, and then Nunes through the middle, seeing it wasn't working. Told Nunes, uh, told Diaz to go across, Jota in the middle, and then Nunes on the left, and. We had a we had a flu we had a, a lot more fluidity about us when when he made that change you could tell the difference straight away. That's the thing. Diaz is like Diaz is versatile. Nunes is versatile. I just think and Jota, Jota's the same. Jota mm. can play out wide, 
but you need him in the box or near the centre of the goal. Um, Nunes and Diaz, I think they could go on either wing, but yeah, they are well more dangerous. Like even that, like Nunes bombing down the pitch and that ball from Trent where he just floated it, curveballed it into into his path, and I think he's handballed it. To be honest, I think he slapped it with his hands and nothing got given. But the pass is fantastic. The the, the space he's made, the the run he's made, brilliant. So he, he's got in his locker to, to cause complete carnage. We just need to use him in the right way. I think we need to not give up on the, the striker role, but use him use him to the best of his ability. You know, when he's played against us, he's played on the left. He's tore us apart. Mm. When he's played his best games, it's always cutting him from out wide um, or running in, running in behind. So use him. Use him yeah, like yeah. that. So go for yeah. it. I agree. So I'm going to put you on the spot to finish off here. Um, I'm not going to ask for the. I'm not going to ask for the prediction for Wednesday because we've been shouted out many times for that. We're not allowed to do that anymore. So give me what you would like to see your starting eleven for Wednesday. Wednesday, Kelleher, Arnold, Canate, Quantra, Gomez, McAllister, Jones. Um, Graven Bear Harvey Elliott on the right Diaz on the left Jota in the middle I like it I like it um, I'd go Kelleher Bradley uh, go, not go, Gomez left back yeah uh, Kanate Kwanzaa um, McAllister Jones, Trent, and then I go, yeah, Elliot Wright, Diaz, no, Nunez left, Jota up front. Um, it's, you know what, lads, it's, it's a great heading to have. Yeah, it we've is. Got, got so much ability, but as we've said before, I think our only issue is that a few of them are better impact players. Mm. Um, but Hopefully we don't need an impact player when we play them on Wednesday. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Fingers crossed. It's like the first game, but we're tighter at the back. Yeah, I think um, we will be. I think with the players we've got in there now, I think we, I think if we go with that back four that I that I've said particularly, I think they're for more defensively minded players. Obviously, I think when you add Simakas and Trent there, and even Robertson and Trent there, they're players who like to go forward more. Um, and obviously. Simakas and Robertson uh, are better at tracking back and things like that than what Trent normally is, but still, they're, one of their main objectives is attack, and I think Gomez doesn't really do it as much. Bradley probably won't do it as much, so I think it's just will be tighter just because of that, I think. My prediction is going to be Gomez is going to get his goal on Wednesday. Can't wait for it, you know, when he gets it. I think it's coming in a, I think it's coming in a final or something, you know, lad, I've just got... about 10 years, hasn't he? So yeah. it's going to be, if he gets it, not when, but... It's, no, it's, it's when this season. He's talking upon himself. It's when this season. Imagine the parties when he does it. But um, I think, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll come. I don't know what what form we're going to turn up. Did he, did he take strength and belief from the last performance where they have got in behind and caused the problems, or did he think let's let's not get blitzed here and let's go back to Craven Cottage with, with a chance? Do we hmm. sit in time, frustrate them, frustrate the crowd? You know, waste time and and see how they go. I think, you know, 
again, it always depends what Liverpool turns up when a team turns up like that around field because we sometimes we just can't fathom it out. We can't get in behind. We can't create. So hopefully, you know, with the chances we've created against Arsenal, um, we know we can get in behind teams. We can we can score goals. So we've just got to go out and play our game. And I, as I always say, if Liverpool turn up, we'll be on our way, one hand, one leg in a fan. That's it. Um, so we are going to wrap it up there. Um, keeping to our promise that we try and keep it shorter this week. Um, just before we do go, I mentioned there I was on another podcast yesterday. So if anyone does want to go and have a little listen to that, the podcast is called North London Is, um, hosted by an Arsenal fan and a Tottenham fan who've been mates for forty years. Um, was the band. word that used? No, it wasn't. I, uh, I can reassuredly say that there wasn't. Um, no, none of that. None of that. Right, Two normal down to air fans <laughs> of North London clubs who like to have a bit of banter with each other. Um, but yeah, they were good lads. They weren't like they're not like they weren't like Arsenal fans and Tottenham fans that you see online who got this sense of of over the of that the the greatest teams in the world and stuff like that. They're very honest down to earth about both teams, and it was a good it was good good chat. Um, I like getting invited on other things like that. So. Um, I was happy to go on there and have a chat with them. It was good fun. And yeah, so it's out, out now. They released it this morning. So I'd say it's called North London. I'll put the link to it in the, in the episode description and that for this as well. But yeah, until next time, up the Reds. Up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.